Hey there, Sean. We hope you're finding your Tuesday to be everything you hoped for. Before we dive into today's tasks, let's catch up on the news that matters. A major cyber attack on U.S. health tech giant Change Healthcare has put hospitals and pharmacies in a bind nationwide. The Black Hat ransomware group is behind the chaos, disrupting systems that handle prescription processing through patient insurance since February 21st. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. And this is Up Next from PocketPod News. Over at the Supreme Court, justices are wrestling with state laws aimed at reining in social media companies' content moderation powers. With concerns about censorship and constitutional challenges floating around, it's unclear how they'll rule on these controversial laws from Florida and Texas. Meanwhile, geothermal startup Fervo Energy isn't just heating up. It's boiling over with a $221 million cash infusion after connecting a power plant to Nevada's grid. It's an innovative leap toward utilizing the Earth's heat for continuous carbon-free electricity, promising bright prospects for renewable energy. So stay tuned. We're here to bring clarity to these stories and more, helping you navigate through today's headlines. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to pocketpod.app to join the waitlist. This past week, a major cyber attack shook the foundation of the U.S. healthcare system. Change Healthcare, a key player in health technology, was hit hard. Hospitals and pharmacies across the country have been facing outages and disruptions. The attack, attributed to the Black Cat ransomware group, raises serious questions about the security of patient data and the robustness of our healthcare IT infrastructure. And with nearly every customer-facing system of Change Healthcare still offline, the impact is profound. To understand more about what this means for our healthcare system and cybersecurity measures moving forward, we're joined by PocketPod News Technology Analyst Paige Owens. Paige, what can you tell us about this alarming development? Jonathan, this cyber attack on Change Healthcare is a stark reminder of the vulnerabilities present in our healthcare IT infrastructure. To give you an overview, Change Healthcare, a key player in the U.S. health tech sector, experienced a significant cyber attack that began on February 21st. This attack caused outages and disruptions across various healthcare facilities affecting pharmacies and hospitals nationwide. That sounds serious. Can you expand on who is behind this attack and the nature of it? Absolutely. The attack has been attributed to the Black Hat Ransomware Group, known for its sophisticated ransomware operations. However, there's an interesting point of contention here. Reuters initially reported this attribution, but United Health Group, which is Change Healthcare's parent company, described the incident as a suspected nation-state threat without specifying any government or state involvement. This ambiguity raises questions about the attacker's motives and whether we're looking at criminal enterprises or state-sponsored activities. With such a significant impact on healthcare services, can you talk more about how this has affected patients and healthcare providers? The impact has been quite extensive, Jonathan. Following the cyber attack, almost all customer-facing systems of Change Healthcare went offline. This situation has affected over 67,000 pharmacies and countless healthcare facilities across the U.S., significantly disrupting prescription processing and billing for numerous patients. Furthermore, the disruption extended globally affecting military pharmacies worldwide through TRICARE and some retail pharmacies nationally. What steps have been taken in response to this cybersecurity threat? 
In light of this attack, there have been immediate responses to mitigate further risks. For instance, institutions like Columbia University took proactive measures by disconnecting systems from United Health Group entities and blocking access to their email domains until safety can be assured. It's clear that organizations are taking this threat seriously by implementing protective measures against potential cybersecurity vulnerabilities. And what does this incident tell us about Black Cat, ALPHV's previous targets, or patterns in their attacks? Prior to targeting Change Healthcare, Black Hat ALPHV had its sights on other notable organizations, including Norton, Reddit, and Fidelity National Financial. This pattern suggests that they target large-scale entities potentially for higher ransom demands or greater impact on services and data security. It highlights an aggressive approach towards entities with vast data reserves and critical operational roles in their respective sectors. Considering all these points, what are the broader implications for our cybersecurity defenses within essential service sectors like healthcare technology. Jonathan, this incident underscores critical vulnerabilities within our cybersecurity defenses, especially in sectors as crucial as healthcare technology. Not only does it disrupt service provision, but poses significant risks regarding patient data security. There's an urgent need for reassessment of cybersecurity protocols among similar institutions to prevent future occurrences. Moreover, clarifying whether such attacks are criminally motivated or state-sponsored has broader implications for international cybersecurity strategies and diplomatic relations. It certainly seems like a wake-up call for strengthening our cybersecurity measures across vital sectors. That was PocketPod News Technology Analyst Paige Owens. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. The Supreme Court is currently deliberating on something that could reshape the landscape of the Internet as we know it. That's right. They're looking into laws from Florida and Texas aimed at limiting how social media companies can moderate content, particularly focusing on political viewpoints. It's a crucial moment for free speech and platform regulation. And with justices showing deep concerns about the implications of these laws for all kinds of Internet platforms, it's clear this isn't just about social media giants. PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup has been following the case closely. Don, what can we expect from the court? Indeed, Jonathan, the Supreme Court's deliberations on the Florida and Texas laws present a pivotal moment in the ongoing debate over free speech and regulation on social media platforms. The justices are grappling with complex questions that could reshape how content moderation is handled in the United States. Could you give us a bit of background on these cases? Absolutely. The core of these legal battles revolves around two state laws, Florida's Senate Bill 7272 and Texas's House Bill 20, both aimed at preventing social media companies from moderating content based on political viewpoints. These laws were enacted by Republican governors with the intention of addressing what they perceive as a bias against conservative views on major platforms like Twitter and Facebook. It sounds like these laws are trying to address concerns about free speech and censorship. That's correct, Jonathan. The controversy stems from accusations of anti-conservative bias by tech giants, leading to calls for more transparent and fair content moderation practices. However, these state laws have sparked significant debate about where the line should be drawn between protecting free speech and allowing private companies to moderate their platforms. What's been the judicial response so far? We've seen a divided judicial landscape. A federal appeals court mostly sided with tech companies in challenging Florida's law, but supported Texas in its case. This division underscores the legal complexity surrounding Internet regulation and raises questions about consistency in applying First Amendment protections across different states. 
And how have the Supreme Court justices reacted during oral arguments? Justices across the ideological spectrum expressed skepticism about the broad reach of these laws. For example, Justice Sotomayor pointed out that they could affect not just social media giants, but also any online platform hosting user-generated content. Meanwhile, Justice Kavanaugh highlighted concerns over First Amendment rights against government suppression of speech, and Justice Gorsuch mentioned the role of Section 230 in protecting content moderation decisions. With such complexities, what outcomes might we expect from the Supreme Court? The court faces a difficult task. They could issue a ruling by June that directly addresses these issues or opt not to rule definitively, sending them back to lower courts for further consideration. This reflects broader challenges in adapting legal frameworks to contemporary technology landscapes, where many precedents are based on older technologies like cable TV rather than today's Internet platforms with massive user bases. So it seems like there's a lot at stake here for future Internet governance policies. Absolutely, Jonathan. The outcome of this case could significantly influence how free speech rights are balanced with platform responsibilities online. It highlights critical tensions between ensuring open discourse and enabling platforms to maintain community standards against harmful content, all within an outdated legal framework struggling to keep pace with technological advances. Don, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. In the quest for sustainable energy solutions, one startup is drawing significant attention and funding. That's right. Fervo Energy, a geothermal company out of Houston, just raised a whopping $221 million. They've made headlines with their innovative approach to harnessing the Earth's heat. And it's not just about the money. Their success in Nevada with a grid-connected power plant is a game-changer for renewable energy. To dive deeper into this story, we're joined by PocketPod News technology correspondent Alex Harmon. Alex, Fervo Energy seems to be on an impressive trajectory. Absolutely, Jonathan. Fervo Energy is making headlines not just for their recent financial achievements, but for their innovative approach to geothermal energy. With the completion of their grid-connected geothermal power plant in Nevada, they've certainly set a new standard in the renewable sector. Their ability to raise $221 million is a testament to the confidence investors have in their technology and approach. That's a significant amount of money. Can you tell us more about what makes Fervo Energy's approach so unique? Sure. The cornerstone of Fervo's innovation lies in their use of directional drilling techniques, which were originally developed for the oil and gas industry. By adapting these techniques for geothermal use, they're able to access heat deep within the Earth's crust more efficiently than traditional methods allow. Additionally, they utilize fiber optic cables and sensors to map subsurface heat patterns with unprecedented precision. This not only improves the efficiency of geothermal energy extraction, but also significantly reduces both the time and cost associated with drilling wells. And I understand they've already seen some impressive results from these innovations? Precisely. Take their project in Utah as an example. They completed a horizontal well in just 21 days. That's a 70% reduction from their first well drilled back in 2022. What's even more impressive is that they managed to halve the costs to just $21 million per well. Moving on to Project Red Power Plant, it sounds like it could be a game changer for renewable energy. Definitely, Jonathan. The Project Red Power Plant is particularly noteworthy because it represents one of the first instances where a geothermal power plant can supply constant power directly to Nevada's grid 
without needing batteries for storage or backup. This 3.5 megawatt facility is currently powering Google's data centers with firm, carbon-free power around the clock, a significant milestone demonstrating geothermal energy's potential role within renewable energy portfolios. And there seems to be substantial support from the Department of Energy as well? Yes, that's correct. The Department of Energy awarded Fervo a $25 million grant, signaling strong governmental support for advancing geothermal technologies. This grant isn't just about financial backing. It represents an acknowledgement of geothermal energy's potential contribution towards achieving carbon neutrality goals. With all this progress, what do you think Fervo Energy's impact will be on the broader renewable energy landscape? Fervo Energy stands at a pivotal moment where its technological advancements could significantly influence how renewable energy is generated and consumed in the U.S. and potentially globally. With estimates suggesting up to 90 gigawatts of electricity could be provided annually by 2050 by geothermal sources, according to the Department of Energy, Fervo's work could catalyze a significant shift towards diversifying renewable sources beyond solar and wind alone. It looks like they're not just changing how we think about renewable energy, but also paving the way for greener alternatives that offer reliability without compromising on environmental goals. Exactly, Jonathan. Their strategic partnerships with corporations like Google further underscore how crucial, reliable, sustainable energy solutions are becoming across various sectors, not just for environmental reasons, but also for operational resilience. Well, Alex, it seems like we'll be hearing much more about Fervo Energy in the years ahead as they continue to innovate and expand operations. Indeed we will, Jonathan. Thank you for having me today. That was PocketPod News technology correspondent Alex Harmon. Thanks for joining us today. And that's up next for Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a good day, and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to PocketPod app.